0: Warning, this episode contains adult language and adult humor. Since when have trumpet players ever been considered adults? If you are easily offended by these types of conversations, consider switching to the oboe. Welcome to the Trumpet Guru's Hang podcast. I'm your host, Jose Johnson. My guest for this episode is Mike Del Cuadro. Mike is a gifted craftsman and instrument designer. Based in Las Vegas, Nevada... Mike has become the go-to guy for his world-class repairs, restorations, and customizations. Mike has branched out from being a repair wizard to also building his own line of custom trumpets. While his horns are recognizable by their copper bells, Mike is recognizable by his manly beard and outspoken style. So pour yourself a big glass, pull up a chair, and let the hang begin. Welcome to the Trumpet Guru's Hang. This week, my guest is Mike Del Quadro. Mike, what's shaking?
1: Hey Jose, how are you doing? Uh thanks for having me do this. Uh it's not other than just working all alone here, there's not a ton going on. So it's 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 fun to sit down and have some conversation with people.
0: <laughs> hey, well, yeah, I hear you, man. And and you know, by looking at your background, unless it's one of those uh uh, you know, fake zoom backgrounds no you got uh, got some serious (laughs) horns back there
1: bro what's up those two were just ones that i'm finishing there's a couple more in the boxes there that i'm finishing i like to do the horns uh i like to just build a handful at a time so uh five is for me like five is more that i can handle all at once so i'll bend like five bells and then just start the the next five horns from those so these are the first two of the five and the other three are still in the boxes. So these horns, if not for COVID, I think these horns would have been done probably six weeks ago, Oh man! <laughs> but it's just the, every, everybody's schedules just got messed up a little bit. So I'm behind a little bit, but I got a lot of repairs done in the meantime.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, right after this, this, uh, stuff kind of went sideways. I, uh, talked to, uh, Chris Cromer, and, you know, Chris was, you know, uh, Chris was saying how, you know, he had to definitely kind of, uh, scale back on his repair work, you know, uh, because, you know, people aren't wanting to come in and, you know, he had to move stuff back to his house. So, I mean, how, how's that hit you? I mean, have you uh, experienced any kind of decline in your business because of COVID?
1: Um, I, I'm sure that I'm sure that I have to some degree, uh, I'm very fortunate in the respect of, uh, I'm a home-based business. Uh, it's hard to tell that, like, I'm in a small building that's behind my house. So, you know, you could shut businesses down, but, like, I, I just got to walk out my back door right into here. I mean, like, this is still technically my house. This is my backyard. So, I never really had to shut my shop down. Uh, I didn't really take in customers for a while, but a lot of the fair stuff I do is I get a lot of mail order stuff. I get a lot of stuff from outside of Las Vegas. So I think, I think some people, maybe they started seeing a little bit of extra cash flow or something. Maybe they were getting extra unemployment, but I, I actually got a lot of work show up through the mail. I think some of it might've had to do with, Hey, I'm finally off the road. Maybe you can do this thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, a lot of conversations like that that started. I mean, like the first couple of weeks of this, nobody was doing anything. But like once we started rolling in the middle of April, you know, either money burned a hole in their pockets, fortunate for me, or just all the downtime. And, hey, I always wanted to do this thing on my horn. So, yeah. you know, the, you know, and with people not coming in as much, the blessing in disguise there was, you know, other than phone calls and emails and the occasional thing like this. Nobody was showing up here to stop me from working. So, you know, I, I wasn't able to utilize all the time. You know, I'm not a machine. I still had some emotional issues with all the things going on, but, you know, uh, I, I have plenty to keep me busy if I needed to distract. Yeah.
0: Well, that's, uh, that's,
1: that's, that's uh, good. I, 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 again, counting my blessings there. Very, very, very fortunate.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing, man. I, I'm a firm believer that, uh, you know, shit happens. You know, it, it just does. And, and sometimes the sometimes stuff is in your control and then other times it's not. And, and when, it's not, when it's not in your control, all you can do is you can control how you respond to it, what you do with it. So, you know, I, I think that for a lot of people, uh, you know, that ability to say, you know, hey, this isn't exactly what I want, but, you know, I'm going to try and figure out how to make this work out. Right. And I definitely had
1: days where it was just, all right, I ain't doing shit today. And then I had other days that it was like, you know, uh, turn some music on, get in the shop, you know, and just, and just do some stuff, you know, just get away from just the flow of bad news. But I mean, there's these other days that I, I, I think the term that I keep hearing is called doom scrolling that like, <laughs> I'll just get, you just kind of go through your, go through your phone you just, and you just yeah. get, just get caught in this loop. And like, again, I'm not, uh, I'm not immune to that one either, but I, I, I had days where I just get kind of locked into that too, but it's like the days where I could break out of that and just do my real stuff and actually do work. I'm, I'm again, fortunate to have the work, but like, yeah. as, as long as I can keep that semblance of normal, you know, put some music on, listen to some podcasts, hear people talk about anything but COVID, you know, for just a minute, you know, and get yeah. some horns built. Like, and I'm, uh, uh, I think with these five that I'm doing, uh, let's see, these two here, these are the sixth and seventh I've gotten done during COVID. The eighth is right here next to me and then the other two in the box uh, for, for Ted. So it's like, uh, 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 if good trumpets come out of this, if good trumpets come out of the downtime, at, at least there's some positivity there for if gigs ever come back. <laughs> yeah.
0: are, are you going to start renaming your line? I mean, you're gonna, are you going to have a COVID line?
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to remember anything about this, man. You know, I, I think that's why we're all drinking so much.
0: Yeah, well, well I, I've I've got my I've got my uh, uh, tea. Yeah, I've, oh yeah, I've
1: got my tea as well. Yeah, right.
0: and this this is very social tea. It's 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 actually spilled. Like bourbon, but yeah, uh yeah. <laughs> but it's pronounced T. It's pronounced T. Sure, That's, right. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's absolutely. what I understand that. No. Uh but I mean I I have never had the opportunity to play one of your horns. I've seen your horns. Oh. Yeah. I yeah, you, oh
1: you. Yo, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh.
0: But <laughs> uh you know, I just, I love the look of them. I love the, because I used to play, um, I used to play a um, uh three, What's that? Three, six ultra. So it was the copper bell uh, with the, the, you know, the, it was like, it was basically the Freddie Hubbard horn, but with the, you know, the copper bell. The look of my horns. You like that
1: vibe with the oh, copper man. bell and the, oh. and the brass body. Hell and, yeah.
0: Uh, Hell I yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't know what it was really about that, that color scheme, that look. I don't know what I don't know what it was that initially attracted me to that, but I, if, if somebody were to accuse me of, you know, you were just trying to build stuff that, that looked like how you wanted it and then get it to play good, I, I'd say that I'm definitely guilty of that because I, I really want it to look a certain way. Yeah. And then, you know, how how do I make this a good playing trumpet? <laughs> Probably I mean, it, not the best way to go about it, but you
0: know. <laughs> Honestly, dude. I mean, that that's the way I roll because I'm not a great player, so I just make sure I got a good-looking gear. So, Yeah, yeah, you know. there you go. Look look
1: good, play good, you know? <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. That, that's why I, I roll with a titanium bell, raw breath, you know, raw I got you. titanium bell, you know. But I, yeah, I like I like that look. But I mean, what's kind of motivated you? I mean, you've got you've got a number of, uh, of different horns that you designed and I've heard nothing but great stuff about your horns. Like I said, I've never played them. But, you know, the people that I know and whose opinions I trust have just had nothing but glowing reviews about your work. So, I mean, what what is it that you do? What's what's the Del Quadro magic? <laughs> um,
1: uh, I don't know. Like I, in, in the beginning, I just really wanted to build horns that that could do a lot, that could cover a lot of the bases. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're just building tools to make your job better, uh, make your make your job easier. So you know, if I could do if I could build one that would do everything, then great. And that's always been the goal: is that you know, with everything that I've designed, that I designed initially, it was. How many different styles of music can this play? How few horns can a player own? Uh, and then as I progressed, I did things that I felt like were more suited for specific stuff. But specifically that was always the goal is that uh, not, is this a good legit horn or jazz horn or something, but is this a good trumpet playing trumpet? Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know I, With the other aspect, like, you know, you, I don't know if if there is something that I would consider any degree of, of magic, if you want to call it that or anything like that, is I, I try to listen to the fuckers playing the horns. You know, like if somebody is playing the horn and they say, Hey, I don't like this thing about it, then I try to change that thing about it instead of tell them that the player is the problem. And yeah. a lot of times, a lot of manufacturers you talk to. I don't know. The more you get into, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, not a lot of, I mean, there are some specific manufacturers that you talk to. They more want the player to conform to what they're building. Right. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I don't have to play it. You know, I'm not that good of a trumpet player either. And I never was, you know? So the fact that I get to do work and be involved with great trumpet players like that's, I'm thankful for that every single day. So if I weren't, if I wasn't going to listen to the feedback from these people, who have to, you know, play my instruments or play any instruments to make a living, then, you know, who the fuck am I? I mean, like, that's, you know, it's, not, yeah, it's yeah. not my job to say this is the right trumpet. You know, it's their job to tell me it's the right trumpet.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, without naming any names... um uh, but I'm, I'm, not, see yeah, I'm not naming any names either, yeah, but, but it's like, you
1: know, you, you sit down and you talk with, with some players and note people that, you know, you listen to them play the horn you think to yourself, well, this guy might know some shit about what he's looking for in a trumpet. Yeah. And then you ask whether or not what the company, and that's usually are not usually, usually is, un, is unfair, but sometimes that's, that's what you get back is that I was telling them what I wanted and they were telling me what I need.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not how this goes. No, no, no. I mean, it, it, you know, it, and honestly, I mean, it, it's it's kind of a weird situation because it's almost like the, uh, for lack of a better word, incestuous, incestuous uh, nature of the trumpet world. Um, well, it's like when you're in, in in a in a another business, you know, if you're if you're in, if you're making cars, you know, for example, you know, it's like, well, you know here's what we produce and you want customer feedback to find out what are the what are the things that they like about the about your car what are the things they don't like about your car you know what can you do to improve it and thereby improve your sales you wouldn't you wouldn't say to somebody hey look man i i you know uh, i i think you just need to learn how to drive better or (laughs) you need to back off of the gas pedal a little bit yeah it's like you you build it for the people that want to buy it you don't build it and then uh, try and make everybody change their approach to life based on what you're producing.
1: Right. And that's, and that's, that's really the point is that, you know, you're building to, to your wide audience, you know, the, uh, of people that like it. I, I think that's a fair analogy, but cars are also an unfair analogy in the respect of trumpet is so much more personal. It's like, you know, I, I think some people are into cars, like the way that us trumpet, are into to trumpets, but it's like, more impersonally your car is to get you to work or to the store or to wherever you're going. Whereas the trumpet is the point, you know, the, the trumpet is the destination and the point, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so the, uh, uh, I don't know, man, like to, to me, that's, that's really the ultimate goal is, is, is getting the best fits, you know, with sometimes with younger players that really don't know where they're at, you, you do need to steer them in the direction of what they need. Yeah. But even with that conversation, I'd rather talk to their teacher and, you know, sub- somebody, somebody that is, uh, 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 somebody that's pushing them in the right direction. Cause I am not the right person to tell a player what they need. I, yeah. I could build a trumpet. I know what will and will most likely change this, that, or the other, but you know, it's, it's absolutely not my place. So yeah. like I said, if there's anything, if there's, if, if that's a thing that I'm doing different, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs>
0: I mean, I, I mean, I'm with you on that because, like, you know, uh, all uh, you know, besides doing the trumpet thing, you know, I've you know been a a martial arts instructor for like 30 years and and stuff like that, and and what I learned from that, and you know, I I work for, you know, I've uh, done some some uh, stuff with uh, Terry Walberton, you know, uh, helping him to wrap some of his stuff, and. You know, my approach to stuff, whether it's, you know, martial arts or music or, or whatever it is I do, it's always getting the answer to that fundamental question of, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? You know, what don't you like about your current situation, whether it's, you know, your your horn or, you know, whatever it is, you know, what don't you like right now? What would you like it to be? And then we have a we have something to work with. We, we have a we have a trajectory to kind of figure out like what needs to change. And right there
1: is the gist of the conversation with every single person when I walk in the door. Somebody's coming to play touch trumpets, it's like, okay, what are you playing now? What don't you like about it? What needs to be different? You know, and, and the things like that. Because again, like, it's not my job to, uh, I, more so the cars, I compare it to shoes. That like, I'm not trying to force every player into the same kind of shoes, you know? So, some people need hard bottom flashy shit, some people need sneakers, some people need extra wide, some people need narrow. You know, whereas we all just sit in a fucking car, drive. You yeah. know, we all wear different shoes. We have this different preference of shoes, and most of us wear them every day when there's not a pandemic. I think I've worn shoes like four times <laughs> since March.
0: <laughs> the question is, are you wearing pants?
1: I am wearing. I'm wearing pants right now. Uh, I cannot attest for the shoes.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's all good it's all good man no but yeah you, I mean that that's kind of the thing is that uh, I mean like when I was in college you know I went to Ohio State and uh, the first thing that happened when I walked into uh, you know my first trumpet lesson was it's like okay what are you playing on and it was not what they wanted me to play on it's like you know I was I was I was I was playing lead trumpet for the most part you know granted I sounded a little bit like ass, but instead of you know saying hey let's you know let's let's open your aperture a little bit or let's you know focus on a different way of approaching the horn, it was immediately like okay uh, Bach one and a half C Bach thirty two you know it was just change the gear to match what they wanted and you know I I just have always had this sour taste in my mouth about people that were. Like this, you know, if you want to be a trumpet player, this is what you have to play, whether it's a Bach, you know, mouthpiece or a Bach horn or a Yamaha or or Monet, or whatever it is, you know, saying you have if you're going to do this job, you have to play this this equipment. I think that's the most bullshit answer that you can give. So, I mean, that's why I'm really happy that guys like you are just, you know, coming out and, and producing really good gear for other people.
1: Well, I, I don't, okay, so some aspects of what you said uh, about about your teacher, I don't disagree with. I think that there, there are fundamentals of trumpet that, you know, hey, maybe that one and a half C in a box would have been better for, but if you're playing lead, I'd say at the time, that's a pretty damn good setup, you know, for the sound color that you're going for, and for a big, broad, uh, big, broad sound with still a bit of cut in the middle, that's reasonable equipment. Now, I don't agree with trying to put people in a box like that as much as I appreciate university teachers and, and what they do. There there are those that there are those trumpet teachers in general that are that much more closed minded. There are high school band directors that will say things like everybody's got to play a free C. So everybody's tuning slides in the same spot or some shit like that. Yeah. Or for whatever, whatever rationale they have that it's like, you know, I'm looking at you, your chops look different than mine. I guarantee we play a different mouthpiece and every single Cuban being has different chops. Therefore they make this wide scale of, I don't know, shoe sizes for your chops. Let's put it that way. So yeah. I went back to the, you know, the shoes thing with the trumpets. You know, like you, you, you can't fit every single person into the same mold. Exactly. And the, you know, uh, and that that, sh- that should be recognized you know, across the board for manufacturers because manufacturers would only put out one single model if they felt like everybody should fit into the same mold, you know? Uh, Box got half half a dozen trumpet bells, you know, three or four that are the most common ones that they put on their horns. I don't know how many Yamaha has, you know? I don't know how many different designs and artists that Yamaha has, you know? But it's like they see that, like, different people fit into different shape sizes when it comes to, the palette colors they want, the tone color they want, the player they're trying to emulate, what they hear in their head, uh, and what their their facial structure is. You know, their their school of thought with playing the instrument. You know, there's so many different facets. You know, from a tighter blowing horn to a bigger, more open blowing horn. I don't know, anything like that. Where somebody I mean, now look, I got to, when I got to university, my trumpet teacher told me that I needed a better horn, but I was playing on a student trumpet, so it's like. That made sense. Whereas yeah. you were playing our professional equipment. You had an idea of what kind of trumpet player you wanted to be. Maybe there was something underlying there, but still, I don't know, man. I hate having this discussion uh, uh, with young players that are trying to buy horns from me because my horns, when you look down the section, you're going to see silver, silver, brass, and then you're going to see this and it's not going to fit in. Right. So, when I talk to kids in high school or about to enter college, the very first thing that I say every time is who is your teacher going to be? Can they help you pick a horn? Should we silver plate it? So it looks normal, you know, the things like that. But it's like, when it comes down to it, if you're playing on the best equipment that's making you sound the best and it's easiest for you to play, then it's probably right. You know, and you know, I don't know what your struggles were, you know, after they were trying to switch your equipment or, you know, anything like that. But, Sometimes sometimes you gotta break it to make it better, but sometimes you just break it. You
0: yeah, know? Yeah. So, sometimes,
1: well, sometimes you just make it worse, then they don't want to play the trumpet anymore.
0: Yeah, uh, that was it. And there was a long, there was more to that story than just the equipment, but
1: <laughs> I, I... <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's one of the reasons but no, why I mean
1: that's the the people in the horns, that's some of my favorite stuff. You know, yeah. the uh when when somebody shows up on the horn, even more so when they show up with the horn that they really love, and then they play, you know, uh, the five or six, you know, sometimes more horns that'll set out in front of them, then they find something they like more, or, you know, or whatever, you know, it's... I don't know, I, I miss this aspect of doing this work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was... Vegas is very touristy, or at least it was uh, very touristy, so people will come here and do this, you know, to do vegas stuff and then show up here for an afternoon uh and i was getting to have a lot of nice conversation with people and you know uh you know yeah it's all fun because they're playing my horns and stuff but it's like i don't know i i just kind of i really miss that aspect of this business that's yeah. that's all i i know that that will come back as things start to normalize but it's fitting people with the horns you know and 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 getting to know people as players through that process i'm uh it's it's definitely my favorite part of this That i'm i i not to be negative, that shit will come back.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, I miss going to the shows, you know. Uh, you know, I, I was so bummed out that ITG got canceled and, you know, uh, NTC, I was I was uh, all set to go because it was like, you know, 30 minutes from my house. So I was going to be hanging out there. But uh, yeah, it, it's just, it, it's, it's the opportunity to sit there and to try stuff out and to talk to guys because you, you learn so much from that. ITG is my absolute favorite, favorite week of the
1: year. It's the only show that I go to. Um, there's NTC N- N- and uh, uh, I don't know, a couple other little regional events and things like that. There's a couple other things that I've, I've planned to go to in the past, but I, I always go to ITG. And the six weeks getting ready for it really fucking suck. It's like, <laughs> it is the worst six weeks of the year because I'm not, I'm never ahead of the game. i I've, uh, I've had people work for me for short periods of time, but it's, it's usually just me that's here. And it's, it's just brutal getting ready for it, but it's like you have that week payoff of just hanging, talking shit, playing trumpets, seeing, some, seeing and hearing some of the best trumpet players in the world. And yeah, man, I was bummed for that whole week that was supposed to happen. You know, when the, when yeah. the schedule alarm went off that I was like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be this week? Fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, it, it's it, in some ways though, you know, it's the you know how do you make the best of the situation? You know, we talked about that before, but uh it's like you know, so I it, sometimes it becomes a given, you know, and it's like people going, oh yeah, I would like to go, but and they come up with a, a litany of excuses of why they're not going to go because you know that it's always going to be there next year. Well. You know, now it's going to be like, eh, well, maybe, maybe I need to buy that plane ticket to Anaheim, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Now
1: that one's, that one's the drive for me. I've I've been looking forward to that one since I moved out here that, you know, I, I can leave the day it starts and just drive up there the day it starts sleep in my own bed the last night (laughs) yeah you know none of none of the other shows are a drive for me everything else is across the country
0: well they uh, they need to get an ITG down in Las Vegas man
1: you know I I have brought it up with the organization before um I don't know we'll we'll see what our tourist industry does maybe it'll be a little cheaper for them in in years to come
0: yeah I'm uh, just saying man I think I think it'd be a good place to be I mean there's there's plenty of music you know things for people to do to go hang
1: there's plenty of music there's uh there's great trumpet players here uh the uh and it's cheap to stay here you know I mean, there's yeah. you know <laughs> you know the weekday rates here can't be beat you know I think for most of the all right I don't want any of this to sound down on ITG I'm not trying to do that at all but like the hotels tend to be a bit expensive, whereas like you got weekday reads here that are like thirty forty bucks, you know, for a reasonable hotel. So yeah. like, ITG Vegas could be a lot of fun, but I I do uh, uh, I do believe the organization when they say that they they have looked into it. Yeah. I I can see how it would be expensive.
0: Yeah, well I I, th- I think I think I think the bottom line is that they're thinking nobody's going to show up for any of the workshops, man. Everybody's going to be at the casinos. <laughs>
1: the first one I did was in uh uh Valley Forge and I had yeah. a casino mm-hmm. and yep you I know was there it was the it was the first one I ever experienced so I kind of thought you know the people I was seeing bloodshot eyes all day the next day and buddies of mine saying you know they were at the crab table till, or whatever table till 4 a.m and they switched over to coffee and it's like well, I thought this was just a regular ITG that people stay up all night and get nuts. It's like, no, it's just because I was a casino. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I was I was up all night, but it wasn't at the casino, man. It, it was the hang. It was the hang for sure. So I got
1: you. I got you. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you you're not originally from Vegas. You you were in uh in Wichita for a bit, right?
1: No, 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 no. OK, I was in Wichita for a bit. Yes, but I am from Bullhead City, Arizona. Bullhead City, Arizona is uh, it's about a 90-minute drive south from here. I live really far north in Las Vegas, so, you know, it's that far across town. Plus, it's about an hour drive from the edge of Vegas to Bullhead City. Bullhead City is a small town in Arizona that's right on the other side of the river from Laughlin. And a lot of times I bring up Laughlin, and depending on what musician I'm talking to, right away they're like, I played there. It's, <laughs> it's just a little tiny gambling town at the edge of Nevada on the Colorado river. Right. So I grew up there, uh, went to college in Arizona, lived here briefly, and then moved to Wichita and I moved to Wichita because I was trying to get, I was trying to get education and doing repair. I had been doing repair a little bit. I uh, worked for somebody very briefly, uh, very briefly. And he retired, got into the business. It's, he's a long story. Uh, uh, but I worked for a music store in Vegas for a really, for about 18 months and then moved to Wichita because I found jobs that would pay me to learn more. So okay. 12 years there. Uh, 12 years there. Uh, eight of which were working for different shops. Uh, four of which were working uh, all on my own. And then I moved back here. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I moved back here let's see i i think the tipping point like kind of the thing for us moving back here is our kid was getting ready to start school and we wanted more i've got a brother that lives here my mom lives here my dad still lives in bullhead city which like i said isn't very far Uh, i've got cousins live here we just kind of wanted more of that family connection you know it's we we knew good people in wichita but none of them were family yeah it's a
0: big difference man big difference
1: it's and it is such a big, you know, my, my brother's got a daughter that is uh, two months to the day younger than my daughter. So the same age, he's got a son that's two years younger. And we'd see these kids every six months. And especially as they're growing up, that's a different kid every time you see them. So it's yeah. just, you know, and the more people I talk to, it seemed like there was trumpet going on, but not a lot of somebody to take those trumpets to. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like maybe if I came to Vegas, I could do some stuff here. I also thought about, thought about it in the respect of everybody comes to Vegas. Yeah, You know, people come through this city. Like I said, it's cheap to come here. It's cheap to stay here. So as, as word seemed to get around, uh, I started seeing more touristy people just, you know, out of the blue. Hey, I'm in town for a, a pipe tobacco convention. Literally, there was this yeah. guy in town for a pipe tobacco convention that came by to play travel. you know but that's that's vegas that's how it works here you know everybody's coming here for something
0: yeah well you know there's always the uh what the uh porn industry has their uh big awards ceremonies there and uh so i'm here i so i I, I don't i don't know i don't know i I
1: don't know i don't know i don't know know. yeah i have a friend yeah, and that's why ITG made so much sense here because so many conventions do happen here. Yeah. That it's like, you name it. And they usually have their convention here. You know, yeah. unfortunately we missed a lot of that season this year because of uh, current conditions. But mm-hmm. as that stuff comes back, those conventions will come back here. It's, it's, yeah. it's too much fun. You know? yeah.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Actually when, when back in, back in my, the heydays of my martial arts, uh, career uh actually was the head of one of the national organizations and we helped we moved our uh national championships to las vegas one year there you go and it was there you oh, go great time great time I bet. yeah it was I bet. yeah I. Uh, i unfortunately i i uh i retired two years later so i never got a chance to get back there but yeah that was i mean the food and uh, yeah i was able to i went into uh went to the old town and uh caught uh lon bronson's band back there. oh yeah yeah, yeah. oh man
1: Whew. see one of the guys who plays them one of those horns is back there <laughs> the uh, i don't know if he plays with them all the time uh but you know that's that's one of those bands that you know who's available to play with yeah you know? yeah that's there's there's a couple of those i mean uh uh before we got on this we mentioned santa fe and fat city horns a little bit it's like they have they have the however many horns it is sorry guys i know yeah, six horns six and six is a four sorry anyway they have the regular ones that they use but they sub out too i mean that that you know yeah with any band like that it's gonna rotate just a little bit you know yeah. so yeah uh uh tom delibro yeah one of his yeah. horns are back there
0: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. When I when I caught when I caught Lon's band, Tom was on the band, and uh, oh, there, like, there, you go. Yeah, man, they did the MacArthur Park, and he just like crushed it. Yeah, he's that's what he does, man.
1: Guy's a fucking killer player.
0: <laughs> oh man, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, shit, what's that? But yeah, yeah a, you know, I mean, if yeah. you
1: ever, if you ever hear somebody say some bullshit about there's no real trumpet players in Vegas, just tell them that story because you know even though Tom is an amazing player, he's just, there's, there's like four or five guys named Tom that are great players that live in this city, you know, like there's, Vegas is full of great players. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know that the music scene kind of changed. I mean, it changed everywhere, you know, as, as people went more to, you know, to tracks and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's, it's nice to know that there's still some solid live music going on there. And it seems like it, it actually with some of the shows that are going on, like, uh, you know, just recently was was talking to Danny Falcone and you know, Danny was telling me about uh, Lady Gaga show. And I I had no idea that she was doing a, a residency in Vegas, let alone that it was a jazz based thing. And, you know, it, it's nice. No, I mean, to that
1: was. That was a neat thing that came here. Uh, Unfortunately, over the time that I've been here, I've watched more shows closed than open. Uh, You know, when I first got here, it seemed seemed to me like everybody was working. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
1: You know, I was seeing a lot of people when I first got here. But at the end of that year, uh, I got here at the tail end of 2016. Uh, uh, And, you know, at the end of that year, we got Trump and then a whole bunch of Vegas shows closed. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying that the two are connected. I'm not saying, <laughs> but you know, there were a couple of bigger shows that that closed toward the end of that year, and it was neat when this Lady Gaga residency happened because it's like, wow, you know, she's hiring local musicians. It's fantastic. You know, hopefully more stuff like this starts to happen. I mean, Vegas kind of goes in these things, you know, that like a bunch of shit's going on, then nothing's going on, and. The hope is, as we pull out of this shitstorm, that you know hopefully some of that entertainment comes back. you know musicians got to go back to work yeah, you yeah. know the uh, <laughs> uh, I think there is something about Vegas that at least for me, when somebody brings up Vegas, I do think of music right away. It's like you think of gambling, you think of music that the the two aren't really separated yeah, yeah it's very at, at least in my head, it's very interconnected. maybe it's because I'm a musician i I, I don't know, but like. To me, the two definitely go together. And, like, uh, uh, tracks aren't the same damn thing. You yeah. know? I, yeah. I I know in those shows, when they do that stuff, I know the audience knows something is missing. They just don't know what it is. Yeah. You know? But we know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we know.
0: Yeah, There's there's been all of this change in terms of live music and production, and I know that, that definitely affects your business coming in. But... And, and, Politics, music—it's a crazy world. But uh, you know, I, you, how old are you, Mike? Uh, uh, forty-two. Forty-two. Okay, you're still a young buck. Okay, so I mean, I, <laughs> uh, as 41, somebody,
1: forty-one, not forty-two. Forty-one.
0: Uh, as somebody, so, somebody, somebody who who you know can remember. Uh, the '60s and stuff like that, and, and you know, definitely some of the older guys, you know, who who uh, who went through you know, earlier in the '50s and stuff like that, '40s. Um, you know, it, it seems like for a long time uh, musicians have has started to play it safe, you know, and, and kind of you know basically keeping your shit to yourself, you know, keeping your opinions to yourself, not trying to piss off anybody. Uh, but if I mean, if you look back in the old days. I mean, some of the most outspoken people in terms of social issues were musicians, you know, because they're, they're the people, They uh, especially like black musicians, you know, they were the ones that were going into the country clubs and, and, and places like that and playing a gig and not being able to be, be fed there. You know, they were the ones living, you know, living that reality. And they were very outspoken about it. And now we're starting to see with all the stuff that's going on, uh, you know, with the social uh, injustice, Black Lives Matters, things like that, uh, we're starting to see uh, more people speak up, not just black musicians, but a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of white musicians are speaking up. A lot of people in the industry are speaking up and saying, yeah, man, you know, this is this is bullshit, basically. Um, and I know you've been fairly outspoken uh, in terms of your stance on stuff. I mean, what, what do you see the role of. Uh, you know, not just the average citizen, but what do you see the role of somebody who has a level of a platform, you know, whether you be a, uh, you know, a top tier musician, or you be somebody, you know, that, that has has some level of an impact uh, socially? uh, What do you see our our responsibility of of speaking up against injustices being?
1: Um, wow. Uh, first off, uh, I think with a big issue like this, uh, if you don't, if you don't pick a side of the road to be on, you're going to get run over. Uh, I, I, I feel like we're past the time of, of people to keep their shit to themselves. Uh, and I think what you experienced, uh, at a time that you're saying that you don't really remember very well, you know, was just that, that it's like, you know, enough's enough. You know, we can't keep this shit to ourselves anymore. Um, honestly speaking, uh, I'm really, you know, I'm speaking my mind with some different stuff, but I'm really doing my best to just stay the fuck out of the way. You know, the uh, I, I'm in no position to tell somebody else ha- how, how to fight for their rights. I've never been in a position in my entire life, and I'm not sure that I will be as a privileged white man. I'm not sure that I'll ever be in a position where I have to go to court or or, uh, 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 be at a class action lawsuit or something to prove that I have equal rights or that i am a human being or, or any shit like that, you know, um, uh, I'm seeing what's going on and it's, it's disheartening. It's disheartening that, uh, people are very, be very simple is that, you know, we want police to stop beating us up and killing us. So they're just getting beat up and killed, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, so. What, what do you want? You know, if what, what's your end goal that, you know, people are marching and protesting against police brutality, that you're going to just fight it back with more brutality. So what's your end goal, you know, to never fucking listen and just think, Oh, we'll beat the protest out of you. You know, I, I think when you see that going on, you can't keep your mouth shut. You know, if you've got something to say about it, one way or the other, if, if seeing somebody, uh, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, lynched. You know, if, if you don't have a, no, an emotional reaction to that, then who are you? You know, it, h- how, how human are you? If your emotional reaction is, oh yeah, get that guy, then you're, you're in another place, you know? But it's an emotional reaction regardless, you know? My reaction to it, your reaction to it, I assume we're very similar in respect of, I can't fucking believe this is still where we are, you know? But the fact that this is still where we are, Again, it's not my it's not my place to tell anybody what they should and shouldn't be doing. You know, I'm going to do my best to listen, and when I see something that's not right, I'm I'm definitely without question going to say something about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. the uh,
1: you know the uh, uh, what is what does this
0: look like compared to what you saw that you don't remember
1: from oh. like, from the 60s? <laughs> uh,
0: honestly, man, um, in some ways, it's Better. In many ways, it's much worse. You know, uh, this is, you know, this is the days of the Black Panthers. And so I was. uh, uh, My my dad was a minister. So I had these this this very clear uh, image of my father uh, because he was he was he was the one uh, in in those days. It was much why I say it's much worse. It was. Uh, you know, the, the white community obviously didn't want the blacks to have shit, right? The black community, especially the militants were like, kill whitey. It wasn't like, we want equal rights. It's just like, you know, you, you need to die, you know? So it was it, it was hatred on both sides of the equation. Um, and my dad was one of those people who was like, look, you know, we just all need to get along. So, yeah, you know, let, let let's, let's just let, let's figure it out. But I remember my dad sitting on a porch with. Uh, uh, because, yeah you know, he was a minister, so we lived in a parsonage, so it was the, the house was attached to the church and they were burning churches. You know, and uh, my dad was sitting on the porch with a loaded forty five on his lap and the Black Panthers. Who didn't always necessarily agree with him because he was not the kill whitey guy. He was like, let's let's you know, forgive each other and learn to love each other. But they were they were coming around our neighborhood. I remember them coming by, guys with with AK-47s, strapped. I mean, fully strapped, coming up on our front porch to get a cup of coffee, you know, and to check in my dad to make sure that we were all doing okay because you know we were we were on the hit list. So, I mean, that's what I remember, and yeah. So, yeah, we're a little more civil where, in the discourse. Where, where was that? That was in uh, was west. That? that was in Western Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're a little more civil in the discourse, but not that much. You know, you would think that after all the shit that happened, that we would be in a better place, but we're not. Uh, so for me you know it it's like it brings back those memories and i think probably the biggest part, thing that that has impacted that is social media and you know it's like you just you can't hide shit anymore and for better or worse i mean for the the good part of it is that you can't hide shit uh yeah you know, the bad part about it is that you just get inundated with stuff and it gets there's so many people that are spinning information and you just don't know what to believe anymore. And just everybody's just like freaking out. So that's where
1: that that's where that doom scrolling comes from. Is that you're you're searching for answers. You're searching for the good news. You're searching for something. And you're just man. It's just bad and bad and bad and bad. The I, I I agree that social media has has changed a lot of the landscape. I'm sure it's changed. Uh, I'm sure it's made this movement different than that one was. in the yeah. respect of like you said nobody can hide anything. You know, you see at some of these protests that, you know, depending on how you want to look at it, it sure seems like, it sure seems like police are stoking riots in some situations. And then you see, you see cell phone video of them turning off uh, TV cameras. You know, here in Las Vegas, there were a bunch of uh, uh, legal observers and they were wearing t-shirts and said they were legal observers. They were lawyers and people that, people that work for the legal system. They got arrested first. It's like, well, what the fuck is that? You know, these people aren't rioting. They are protesting. There's a big fucking difference. Yeah. But if you're going to treat them like rioters, what the fuck do you expect them to do? Exactly. You know, the, so like I said, it's, I don't like seeing unrest because I want what your dad wanted. You know, I want equality. You know, I see, uh, I live in a cul-de-sac that when we moved in, it was a little bit different than it is now. Like, we're, we're the only white family in the cold set. you know? So I see all of my neighbors are different, but we're still equal. Like, I don't not see that this is a black couple here, and there's a Hispanic couple here. I don't not see that shit. I see that we're all different, you know? Uh, shit, where's I going with that? Damn it. Fucking train of thought. Off <laughs> 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 the rails. I, I, hate, I, I hate the unrest. I really hate the unrest, you know, I, I want us to get along, but the more that we peel this onion back, we see, we see why we can't just stop. You know, that's like, Oh, everything's cool now because it's not, the more we peel it back, we see how how not cool it is, how unfair, how unfair this is structurally that it's, this isn't a flaw. This is by design, you know? And you know, I don't know. So like I said, it's, I'm going to use my voice where I can. uh, But for the most part, it's probably my job to just shut the fuck up and listen. You know, the, but I'm, I'm listening. I'm looking for these people coming from a position of leadership. You know, these people actually saying, this is what this movement wants. Or, you know, for some of these political leaders to actually get their thumbs out of their asses and do something. You know, the, I feel like the appropriate thing especially for somebody who wrote the fucking art of the deal, the appropriate thing might've been make a deal. Oh, go to go. Yeah. Make a deal. Go to the fucking negotiating table. That's what you do. Right. But no, no, man, let's get some rubber bullets, and pepper spray and we'll solve this problem that way. That's not a negotiation. That's not, that's not the art of the deal. You know, the, instead you're going to label them terrorists because yeah. we don't negotiate with terrorists, yeah. you know, so you don't have to negotiate. I thought that was a superpower. Only I can solve this, <laughs> but no, man, I hate, I hate seeing it, but I, I understand it. I understand it. I, I understand why it's going on. Uh, I don't understand why we're still here. You know, I don't understand why we're still this ignorant.
0: Well, I mean, uh, so much of it is related to just the way the human brain is wired, you know, uh, just from, from our evolutionary standpoint, uh, our brains are, are designed to be able to identify and classify things that, that don't match our tribe, so to speak, that that was our, our, our safety mechanism. But we don't need that anymore, much like our appendix, you know, like, you know, but we can take your appendix out, but you can't take that that fucking stupid gene out of your brain. And so people, it's, you know, they just they see something different and they, it's like you're the enemy.
1: From, from a fundamental level, we see that teamwork makes us stronger, you know, that uh, uh, primates with less reasoning brains than ours work together, you know, like, but we don't do that, you know, we, it's, it's our ego, it's, it's our hubris, it's whatever gets in the way of the respect of if that guy gets as much as me, I get less.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's what they call a, a scarcity mindset. You know, it's the idea that that things are limited in their ability, in their availability. So, I mean, and we see this happen in you know, like obviously as a manufacturer, you may see this because you know, uh, other trumpet trumpet developers are like, yeah, hey, well, you know, you don't want to get his because you know they're thinking if you get a sale, then that takes a sale away from them, not thinking that the fact that there are more trumpet players out there buying equipment than they, if everybody bought their shit they wouldn't be able to keep up with manufacturing it's just impossible
1: i'll be perfectly honest with you I, what i have seen is quality products sell themselves like you don't you, you don't you don't have to pitch you, you you don't have to pitch if the horn's good and it's a good fit just sell the damn self.
0: and you, know, you give the, a good discount i you know i'm just yeah. saying <laughs> <laughs> i want that endorsement deal
1: yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, point point remaining, I get what you're saying in the respect of, you know, if that guy makes a sale, i lose mine. But it's like, I don't know. I get that that mentality. That's the mentality. Yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, so, so that's the thing. The logical mind would say, well, there are more consumers than I could possibly handle. So, okay, that's good. But, you know, when it comes to things that are more abstract, like freedom, you know, it's like, how does me giving how how does your my getting more freedom detract from the amount of freedom that you have absolutely right it's just it's it's so stupid it's not a
1: pie you can cut up yeah you know it's it's not it's not something like that it's not something that runs a short supply but i think like i said it's it's a feature not a bug it's 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 all by design that you, you know we look at we look at how shit's written and it talks about all men are created equal. It doesn't say black men. It doesn't say women, you know, it doesn't say gay men. It says all men. And it's like, so the more that we, again, the more we peel the layers back, the more we see the fundamental problems. And it's like, Oh, well, this is what all this shit is built upon. And, and and that's why there's no equality. is because this is by design. So like I said, I, uh, I know where I'm at with all this shit and I think other people know where I'm at with all of it, but in the same respect, I don't know. I'm, I'm not in a position to tell people what's, what they should or shouldn't do. You know, yeah. I, I, if, if, if I see something I don't agree with, I'm going to say something about it now. Yeah.
0: Well, it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, so, so to bring it all the way back around to the horns, it's kind of the same thing. You know, it's like, you know, it's not your position to tell somebody they're playing shitty equipment absolutely you know it's it's. i do sometimes though sometimes yeah you know
2: (laughs) somebody
1: comes in here with something that's falling apart i'm gonna tell them why it's
0: falling apart okay like there's if somebody's like but go ahead (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. i i I get that but you know it's like 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 we're saying you know it's about educating people and saying you know hey well well, what is it you're not happy about and what is it you want to see and getting those answers and i think for me that's probably the most enlightening thing about this process um is that's why i've I've been very careful about not unfriending a lot of people because i want to see what people really want to have to say you know i want to see what their with 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 their mindset is because that's going to help me in the future in determining how close i want to work with that person you know how much it's not that i can't work with people i don't agree with but there's certain level of fundamentals, fundamental beliefs that I got to be able to say, you know, hey, look, if, if, if you don't agree with this, if, if we if we differ on this thing, basically of human rights, if we can't see eye to eye on this, then I got to keep our relationship like this. You know, it, it's never going to be that way.
1: Couldn't agree with you more. There's 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 customers whose calls I've stopped taking for a similar reasons. That, you know, I, I don't want to hear your racist bullshit when you come to my shop. How about that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> how, how about, uh uh I, I'm not saying I've got every customer in the world, but maybe I don't need that guy's money. You know, the, uh, I, I think there are a few of these things that uh, are not necessarily negotiable. You know, that there are things we could disagree on a little bit, but racism probably isn't one of them. so yeah i i I get what you're saying there the uh um sorry i lost my train of thought there again the um the uh uh but yeah i've kept a lot of those contexts too but you know some of those conversations they just go you see where it goes that it's like there's no explaining anything here if this person is set in their beliefs And every time somebody expresses their opinion, they're going to tell them they're going to regurgitate their Fox News bullshit. And, you know, they're 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 already convinced of they already absolutely know. So those people like, you know, what you're saying, I don't need to do that. You know, I I can just get rid of those people. There's plenty of other bullshit I have to scroll through every day. I don't need to see theirs.
0: Yeah, Yeah. pretty much.
1: (laughs) I'm not writing off somebody just because they're wearing a MAGA hat. But, you know, if everything I have to say about Black Lives Matter, they're going to respond with all lives matter. I probably don't need them in my life.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, I mean, and that's a hard because, you know, as as, uh, I've been transitioning in my own personal, my my business uh, dealings, Uh, You know, in the past, it was always about like trying to please as many people as possible. And then I started to find out, no man, it's just niche it down, man. Just just find find very very specific clientele that you're you're aiming at because you're never going to make everybody happy. And like the saying, you know, if you try to make everybody happy, you end up making nobody happy. So, and especially yourself. So it's like you know, just being true to yourself. And and as a craftsman, as an artist. Uh, you know, whether it's an, yeah, as a performing musician or someone like you, who you know, the, the, your craftsmanship and, and, and doing your horns. I mean, that that's stuff that comes from your heart. And if you're not being if you're not being true to yourself, man, you, you know, that's going to show up eventually in your work. So, you know, for any of you listening out there, just just, you know, whatever it is, man, just, you know, accept it, you know, own it. You know, if, if you're if you're down with Black Lives Matter, own it. If you're anti, own it, you know, don't try and bullshit people, you know, don't try and put on, don't be a two face, just be honest because, you know, that, that's what it's all about.
1: Right. No, I got what you're saying. The, uh, I, I definitely got the advice I got early on in my career was to not be as outspoken because you don't want to alienate customers, but right. I don't know, man, you know, maybe it's just not the time for that. You know, maybe it's not the time to worry about who you're alienating. Maybe the person you're alienating needs to search their soul and figure out why they're being alienated.
0: Yeah, I, I, exactly. That's the way it was with when I was running my school. I was try, I stayed out of politics. I stayed out of social commentary because I didn't want to piss anybody off. Now I'm like fuck it, you know, you know, because because you you get to a point where 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 shit starts getting real, you know. And like you said earlier, you know, you gotta you gotta choose the size of the fence. If not, you're gonna get run over. So, you know, and just yeah, being being honest and being, you know, I hate to say not judgmental because, yeah, you do judge, but, you know, just, just saying, look, this is who I am. Uh, either accept me the way I am or don't accept me, you know, but I'm not I'm not changing to make you happy. I'll change if, if you can if you can provide me with with enough facts with enough data, with enough you know, hard evidence to make me rethink my position, I will do it. But
1: see, now you're touching on a whole different subject in the respect of nobody's doing that. Yeah. Nobody's trying to have that conversation. I mean, like, I've watched conversations between two people who all but agree with each other just fighting because it's like, it's not, they already know. You know, they're already set in their belief of this, that, or the other. That, you know, you, you come from this conversation already upset, you know, for one reason or the other. You know, right. that too too many of the conversations are starting with name calling. You know, I I don't know how many times I've been called a lived tart. I don't you know <laughs> the uh uh but nobody is having discussions, you know, nobody is uh saying, you know. I'm sorry you have that perspective. Did you think about it this way? It's just right. a, no, you're a fucking idiot. And you know, you know, go MAGA, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's not, it's not presenting facts, It's not presenting information. It's not a, hey, did you think about it this way? Or, and we, I, I think with all, with all these issues that we're talking about, that's a big part of the solution is the fucking conversation is the art of the deal is the negotiation is the, hey, you see it this way, I see it this way, let's have a fucking conversation to figure out what's best for the most people. Because, again, that's where we come back to another point in the respect of, you know, people run for office and they become who they become to run an agenda. And they think about what's best for their constituents, you know, for their own agenda, for their beliefs, you know, for this, that, or the other. Whereas they're not thinking about, you know, hey, this will be good for 70% of people, you know, this won't just be good for my beliefs and what I want to happen. This will be good for 70% of people or better than 80% of people or what have you, you know, what's good for the most people, you know, that's, uh, 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 but that will require too much discussion. That will require too much. I think the big stumbling block is the concession of admitting you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You know that I, I assume you as much as me, that most of the people you're talking to are trumpet players, you know. We have this weird stigma of uh, of large ego and so on and so forth. And it's like too many of these discussions are, you know, if somebody just took a beat, it's like, wow, I never really thought about it that way. As opposed to fuck you, you're wrong. Like it's just, yeah. <laughs> there's, you know, yeah. like there is there is no harm or foul yeah. in being wrong. Yeah, you don't you you do not fucking play upstream it's you yeah know, you know, but it's like that it? works for him so it's right you know it's like but i i don't know you know if if people need to be willing to fail people yeah. need to be willing to admit that they're wrong but people Absolutely. if i wasn't willing to fail i wouldn't i would to put one trumpet together let, let a lot of hope on you Absolutely. know like and i don't know when you were a kid and you were learning to play the trumpet all of us sucked at it for a long time until we got good you know, uh, it's like, because we're willing to fail and fail and fail. And we weren't afraid of it. And same thing I'm sure with martial arts, you fail yeah. and fail and fail. And all of a sudden you break this board and do the splits or whatever bullshit you guys do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's that, it's that willingness to admit you're wrong. That, that willingness to, to change your idea based on new information. That's like, yeah. we're just, we're just so fucking far past that right now. Yeah. And you know, I don't know it. Somehow that's that's leeched its way into everything, you know, all the way down to, hey, if you wear a mask, you might not spread a fucking disease. Like, it just, you know, every, every single thing, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, You know, I already know, fuck you, I got this, you know, just to admit you're wrong, it makes things so much easier.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I, I think uh, societally, one of the things, yeah, one, one of the things that I try to do that I don't think we do as a society is... I try very hard when someone doesn't agree with me. I try to find where we do agree because the points that we that we see eye to eye, then that gives me a basis to work on. Yeah. So I can I can take that point and I can say, okay, we, we agree on this. Now let's start looking at at the other factors. And as opposed to trying to go from the, from the, the divergent points, the most divergent points, because, you know, if you're, if you're at complete opposite ends of the spectrum and that's where you start, you're not getting anywhere, you know? So let's, let's, let's come to a point where we can all agree. And if we can find that point, then we have, we have hope. But if we can't find that point, then yeah, we're fucked basically. So,
1: I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about meeting people at their level, you know, it's like, it's got to meet you at your level, and then we'll figure out you know you know where we've got to go from there yeah. i I don't know man you know i it's 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 depressing the more I think about it oh uh, we'll, we'll, we'll... in in the same respect you know the the sooner we can come back to that as some sort of consensus that's that's hopefully when we start to heal and make progress and
0: you buy know, more trumpets yeah
1: buy more trumpets, sell more trumpets, play more trumpet. I want to see more people playing trumpet. Um, you know, it's a matter that, of time, man. Yeah,
0: I think it solves everything, man. It is. That's the solution right there. Everybody should have a trumpet. M A B A man M A B A make a Miracle blow again.
1: There we go. There we go. I, I'll get behind that. I'll make a t shirt. shirts
0: all right, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. All right, well, we're going to do a, a little speed round here. Oh, so, shit. <laughs> let's, let's see how well you do. Okay. So, there's going to be a bunch of different questions all over the place, and I want your quickest response to these questions. First question is, who's the biggest influence on your life that is not a trumpet player? The biggest, what? Biggest influence on your life that's not a trumpet player.
1: Um. Uh, Gary Sinise I don't know man <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay what's your favorite book
1: uh, I'm not really much of a reader uh, probably some repair manual or something is the last book that I actually read All right. Indeed, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest
0: that's cool what's the worst movie you ever saw
1: worst movie I ever saw oh shit Oh what is that one called um they uh it's like Iron Sky I think it's called Iron Sky it's like the uh the Nazis take over the moon And it's
0: like some alternative reality. I haven't seen that one. It's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, you know, that's the greatest comment I've ever heard that watch it. It's horrible. It's like, oh, "Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like this tastes like shit. Taste it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's this window of bad movies. Anything in the middle, don't watch it. Anything that's the absolute barrel bottom, like zero to five percent. Watch that. shit. Watch it. Okay.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, if, if you weren't, uh, working as a, uh, a manufacturer of horns and repair guy in the trumpet world, what would you want to do?
1: Uh, I, I don't know, maybe cook or something. I, I really don't know, man. Like I, I always think that this is going to come up, you know, in conversation, like what would you do if you couldn't do this? But it's like, as far as I can remember, I've been doing this. You know, like as far as I can remember, I've been doing something trumpet, you know, since I was like ten years old. You know, I. What would you do? You know, man. Like it's, you know. I have no idea, man. You know, I finish the day, and my wife and kid go to sleep. I end up back out here because I don't know what the hell else to do. Okay, so I don't know. I don't know what I
0: could. Well, let's hope you never have to find out. Yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> What's your favorite drink? Favorite drink?
1: Uh, probably coffee or water. You know, that's that's all day, you know.
0: Got to keep yourself. I'm warm, caffe-
1: man, sorry. <laughs>
0: ca- caffeinated and hydrated. I mean, this is a stupid thing. All right, so you could have a dinner party and you can invite any three living people to this party. Who would they be? I can't do this in a speed round. Come on, man. Um,
1: <laughs> let's see. Ah, uh, uh, God. Uh, uh, any three people.
0: Any three people living.
1: Any three people living. Um, Tom Hanks, uh, Barack Obama, and maybe Arturo Sandoval. Okay. I've only uh, I've hung with Arturo, but I've never sat down and had dinner with them. I don't know. I think it'd be a great conversation.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, uh, same thing. You're going to have a dinner party, but you have the ability to bring any three people from history.
1: Uh, Jesus, because I want to find out if he's actually white. Um, <laughs> the uh, Miles Davis just because I don't know if you can see behind me. I mean, I got two posters in the shop. They're both Miles Davis. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I'm drawing a blank on a third. Um, those two are the most important. Oh, maybe Bill Chase.
0: Bill Chase. Yeah, Bill Chase. I'll, I'll okay. just say Bill Chase. All right. Okay. Good one. All right. Lacquer plated or raw?
1: Uh, Raw. Raw dog all day.
0: All right uh what's your favorite quote
1: my favorite quote
0: oh um hmm.
1: oh i know it i'm try- trying to word it um it's something about um don't judge people because you don't know what they're going through it's uh everybody's fighting a different battle you don't know mm-hmm. what they're going through
0: Close enough. All right, what's, yeah, your yeah. Great, <laughs> what's your greatest fear?
1: Uh heights, absolutely. Uh yeah. I, I can't I can't get on the eighth rung of the ladder. All
0: right. You could only have one superpower. What would it be?
1: Uh uh to have heat per pants.
0: That would be very handy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, either for making horns or considering the fact you're probably going to hell. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what aspect of trumpet playing do you think is the most overrated?
1: Oh man, people are going to hate me for saying this. High notes.
0: You're not alone in that
1: man because the guys that can do the high notes really 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 well can do every fucking other thing really 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 well so it's like you know it's it's a measure of a great trouble player sure but it's to me it's absolutely not the be all time at all they're yeah. they're amazing trouble players who 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 can't play above high C.
0: yeah okay what do you think the most underrated aspect is
1: uh Beauty of tone. (laughs) I I hate to say it, but you know, yeah. Beauty of tone. Uh, Unfortunately, there are too many other aspects that we focus on
0: as, as trumpet geeks. Yeah. All right. Um, You have the ability to go back in time and you're going to meet your younger self. What one piece of advice would you give your younger self about music?
1: About music, I don't know, but I would definitely have told myself to invest in eBay. Uh, what <laughs> uh, about music? Um, practice more. Um, practice the right stuff more. Um, don't just play the easy part with the high notes. Uh, <laughs> over and over and over. Uh, practice the right stuff more. uh, uh Take a second lesson with that guy who scared you off, off of the first lesson. Uh stuff like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All
0: right. What uh, what piece of advice would you give your younger self about life besides buy eBay?
1: It, it would definitely be to invest in eBay. Um the uh ooh. I don't know. You know, the if I have to be honest, um I don't know what other career I could have found that I could have been this independent, you know, the, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy in, in how things worked out. Um, so, you know, if, if it wasn't just investing wisely or, or some other shit like that, I I don't know what it would be, you know, the, um, Hey, uh, uh, don't make the wrong don't turn the wrong way on that street. You're going to get arrested. Like, yeah. you know, st- stuff like that, you know, <laughs> it was stupid, stupid shit that I did growing up. I'm sure I would have prevented myself from, but like actual, like grand scheme things, you know, other than smart investments, I'm happy with this career. You know, the, mm-hmm. I, th- I think at some point in time, I wanted to be a trumpet player, but it, I don't think even that would have afforded me in this independence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all good. All right. Final question. Um, What's the legacy that you want to leave
1: you're you're tough man the um the legacy i want to leave man i don't know i don't know i uh uh i i want to do honest work i want to put out honest products and you know i i i wouldn't want anybody to have any idea therefore. You know, so I, I would assume my legacy, I I would want something along those lines that, you know, did good business, was honest, had a lot of integrity, and made good products. Like, it's, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't want anybody to think my end goal was to try and get rich doing this. Because anybody trying to get rich doing this had their fucking mind. Um, but, <laughs> but still, I mean, like, the the, the the point is always the things that I was talking about, is finding the best fit and, you know, making sure people are happy with what they get and that it's what they were looking for. You know, if if anything, you know, something along those lines Yeah. you know, I didn't bullshit people and I make good stuff.
0: Hey, uh, you can't ask for a lot more than that, man. So, all right. So Mike, thanks a lot for hanging with me today. And uh, you know, if people want to find out more about uh, your Del Quadro trumpets and your other services, where should they go? Uh, I'm pretty easy to
1: find, uh, you can go to my website, uh, which is, I was going to grab something with it written on it, but it's DQSCustomShop.com. or you can find me on Facebook. Um, I'm usually lurking around there a little bit. Uh, messenger is easy to contact me, email, you no, know, whatever, whatever's most convenient for, for you. You know, it's, uh, uh, we're all interconnected through all this social activity. I'm very easy to find.
0: <laughs> all right well you know um like i like I said man you know I, I i have not had the pleasure of playing your horns i hope to to get a chance to do that next time I see you but uh everything I've heard from people who have uh you know whether it be players or other manufacturers is that you're you know you're doing some amazing stuff, so uh, if you get a chance to play any of Mike's horns, I highly recommend it because I can certainly say, without a shadow of doubt, that he does put his heart and soul into his work. So yeah, he's a legit dude, and he's got a legit beard. So you you, you gotta respect him. So
1: thank you. I, man, I'm, I'm glad the I'm glad the heart I put into the work shines through. I, I really uh,
0: appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, it does, man. It does. All right, man. So. Again, thank you very much for those of you who joined us today. Thank you again. And uh, make sure you, that you like us, subscribe, and all that good stuff. Catch us on the next episode. And as always, peace and slide grease. We are out. Hey, thank you so much for hanging with us today. This podcast is all about creating connection through our mutual love for the trumpet life. I hope that you learned a few things about today's guest and had some laughs along the way. Don't forget to give us a review. We love those five-star ratings. And please, share this podcast with your friends. We want to see our hang grow for show. Have a suggestion for a future topic or a guest? Hit me up at thetrumpetgurus at gmail.com. Our opening theme was written and performed by Lexi Signor, and all other music comes courtesy of The Greatest Funeral Ever. So in the words of W.C. Handy, life is like a trumpet. If you don't put anything into it, You don't get anything out. So go out there and let your trumpet sound. And I'll see you at the next hang.